Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Check engine light on. Take the guesswork out of your check engine light with O'Reilly Veriscan. It's free and provides a report with solutions based on over 650 million vehicle scans verified by ASE certified master technicians. And if you need help, we can recommend a shop for you. Ask for O'Reilly Veriscan today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey there, it's Jonas Knox. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast, Car and Drivers Into Cars, a production of Car and Driver and iHeartMedia's Ruby Studio. Hosted by Eddie Alterman and Tony Quiroga, Into Cars is the ultimate podcast for car lovers. Whether you're in the market for a new set of wheels or just love the sound of a V8, Car and Driver's panel of editors test drive and review today's hottest new rides with zero filter. Car and Drivers Into Cars is brought to you by eBay Motors. All the parts you you need at the prices you want guaranteed to fit your ride every time visit ebaymotors.com for more eligible items only exclusions apply listen to car and drivers into cars available wherever you get your podcasts outkick the coverage with clay travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m eastern 3 to 6 a.m pacific on fox sports radio find your local station for outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. I hope that you are having a fantastic Tuesday. Wherever you may be, I know that if you are a Raider fan, you are in fact having a fantastic Tuesday. Uh, we talked to Danny G about that a little bit earlier. He's 2-0. His team's 2-0. My team's 2-0. There are 11 2-0 teams right now as we finish the 11th week of uh, – sorry, the second week of the NFL season. There are 11 teams that are 2-0. And what's fascinating about this is from the perspective of making the playoffs, and the numbers are probably even better now because we're expanding to seven playoff teams in the AFC and seven in the NFC – 61.3% of teams are going to make the playoffs historically since 1990 when they start off 2-0. and Only 12.6% of uh, teams make the playoffs when they start off 0-2. Now, that wasn't a big swing last night. We had two teams that had already started off 1-0, but... I'm actually intrigued now to see how the Raiders are going to look going on the road against the Patriots because this team, I thought now, as they get ready for another year of John Gruden, is starting to come around a little bit more and have some horses, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. I love Josh Jacobs. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL. I really do believe that. 
also, Darren Waller is developing into one of the best tight ends out there. Yesterday, we talked with Todd Furman, and uh, I've said this before, but we're in a high-end fantasy football league. Uh, big buy-in. There are 12 of us in the league, and Furman reached out to me yesterday before the game with the Raiders and, uh, and, the, and the Saints, and he said, hey, I've got a lot of talent at wide receiver. You've got a bunch of tight ends. Would you be interested in potentially trading with me? And I was texting with him last night during the game, and I was like, at every quarter, I was like, hey, my asking price is going up if I'm going to decide to move this guy. Because I got Jonu Smith as well. I've got a pretty good team. I got a bunch of tight ends on uh, on the roster. And uh, I was getting made fun of for drafting like three or four tight ends because I was thinking, hey, you know, I want to have some depth and there's decent depth at tight end right now. Uh, and so Darren Waller was fantastic. Henry Ruggs hasn't put it all together yet, but he's so fast, that four two seven speed, that you could see at the end of the game when the Raiders decided to go deep on that third down and five pass play that there was just nervousness from the Saints, even though they didn't necessarily need to be nervous. The throw, even still, from Derek Carr managed to be too far for Henry Ruggs to make a play on. But you could see, I think it was Malcolm Jenkins, was just so nervous about the idea of Henry Ruggs running right by him that he grabbed him a little bit. Now, I think you can argue that that wasn't a uh, the pass interference call, and that certainly was the argument that Sean Payton was trying to make. Uh, but I think in the grand scheme of things, that would probably get called most of the time. And it was just because he held his arm for so long on, as he ran down the sideline. But you think about Henry Ruggs being able to take the top off a of defense. You think about Darren Waller being able to get open over the middle. The play-action game is going to be a legit threat with Josh Jacobs at running back. And then you start to piece all those uh, different aspects together, the Hunter Renfros of the world who can make plays as well. It was a decent offense. And we know that the Saints have had historically a very good defense. And the Saints really didn't have much of a chance of stopping the Raiders. Saints got out to a 10-0 lead but looked a little wobbly doing it. And then the Raiders just came in and took complete control. And uh, they effectively dominated down the stretch of this game, put it away, and then made what I thought was a little bit of a risky move, deciding to kick with Carlson. Uh, Dub, I know you're a gambler like I am. We were both on the Raiders. Were you sitting there watching this saying, no, 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 go ahead and punt deep, make him go 90 yards in a minute, because I had visions of either a missed field goal or a blocked kick, and then Drew Brees only having to go 50 yards down the field. I don't know what the analytics experts would say. Maybe the play is the right one that Gruden made, because if you make a field goal from that distance with that kicker, the game is over, and there's no more risk factors involved with it at all. But I'm not going to lie. From a gambling perspective, I was sitting there saying punt, punt, punt. Yeah, I'm with you. And there was a couple instances in last night's game where the Raiders you know, kind of got away with shooting themselves in the foot. There was the goal line. Jacobs tried to leap over the top. He bobbled the ball. He was able to get it back. And then on the very next play, on the snap exchange, the ball's on the ground. They get it back again and then score to Waller on fourth and goal. So we dodged a bullet there, first of all. So I'm already yes. got the bad, you know, bad beat vibe juju going on in my head. And I went to Auburn and I watched Daniel Carlson kick at Auburn, and he is a great kicker, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I've seen Gus Malzahn trot out Daniel Carlson for a fifty five yard field goal or whatever it is, countless times, and I've just been burned by it 
plenty of time. So in my head, I was thinking, okay, here we go again. They're going to kick it. And lo and behold, though, he he split the uprights right down the middle. There was never really a doubt. So uh, props to John Gruden for having faith in his kicker. And a kicker who, if we remember, has bounced around a little bit since he came into the league. He's found a home in Vegas, and it looks like he's uh, on the right track. I'm on a hot streak right now gambling. Uh, I gave out six picks. I'm going to try to do a six-pack every Friday for the NFL. Maybe I'll do it on Thursday for the NFL since I do my college football uh, gambling picks usually on Friday as we roll into the weekend. And uh, So maybe I'll do it on Thursday. But I went 5-1 and one in those that I gave out to you over the weekend and then won again last night. And now I'm nervous because I'm posting my picks for the first weekend in college football on Wednesday. And I don't know about you, Dub, but I look at the college football slate and I'm already starting to bet it. But it's so hard to predict what's going to happen in college football, it feels like to me, because college football has been way more impacted so far by you know missed players, COVID-related concerns. I feel like in college football in general, the home crowd matters so much more. And so I look at all these matchups and I'm like, man, this is a more difficult gambling universe than maybe what I'm used to. Whereas the NFL seems like much more of an efficient market. I feel like you can find lines that you love in college football, but it's harder to do that this year because of all the craziness. Yeah, I feel like this year, I mean, information is by far the biggest factor when trying to play some of these college bets because I saw on Twitter uh, yesterday uh, Virginia Tech coach Fuente, he was talking about his upcoming game against NC State, and he flat out said, I hope we're even able to play. That's how much yeah. concerns they have. So right. I mean, the first thing I did is I went to my book, I looked at it, NC State was plus nine, and I took it. Because either they're going to have way less kids that, are, that aren't playing than that usually will, and it'll be a big advantage for NC State, or it's going to be a fair line. So I figured, I, why not lock in the plus eight? So that's that's the only play I have right now. Uh, but in terms of my other plays, I'm, I mean, usually I like to get them in early in the week. But now, I mean, I feel like I have to wait till about an hour before kickoff and, and go from there. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit with Joel Clad on the Monday edition of the program. But what's wild about college football, because Joel, remember, was on the road. He had already arrived at, uh, at, his, at his situation there to be ready for the, uh, the game. He was at Baylor. And suddenly they come in 30 minutes late for the meeting. And he told that story yesterday about how they ended up missing that game, right? They don't find out till they're already flown from California to Waco and they're sitting there ready to do the game. And so as you kind of project going forward, that's going to be, I think, occurring every now and then. And it's why, honestly, I think it's so important that the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC have got weeks built into their schedule so that if they don't end up playing uh, that week, they have the ability to re kind of reschedule it. Whereas the Big Ten and the Pac-12, if they end up playing, there are so many different things that can go wrong that it's going to be uh, it's going to be a challenge for them to get it all in. Yeah, I think having uh, those those windows in the SEC where they have you know room for error, I think is going to be huge. And the Big Ten and other conferences, they just simply don't have that. So we might see a situation where the Big Ten winner, maybe it's Ohio State, maybe they're six and zero, which you and Joel kind of yeah. mentioned yesterday. Yeah, and uh, and it puts a premium obviously on games like Ohio State at Penn State in terms of their overall impact. And I also wonder how committed the bad teams are going to be to making sure that they play all their games. And so let's pretend you're Illinois 
or let's pretend you're Rutgers and you're not expected to be very good, well, you can come into the first two or three games like, oh, we're going to prove everybody wrong. But by the time you get to game five, by the time you get to game six, how many guys are going to be fully committed to wanting to play? I, I think that's a that's an interesting and intriguing challenge. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about that very factor, what's going on in the Pac-12 and more. Also, what's going on with the Lakers? What do we expect uh, coming out of the Chargers situation, given how good Justin Herbert le- uh, looked? And uh, many more topics for our buddy Petros Papadakis from AM570 LA Sports, the Petros and Money Show. He joins us every single Tuesday. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, O'Reilly Auto Parts. Come on, you know it. Oh, 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 O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. Don't ignore your check engine light. Ask for O'Reilly Veriscan today, a free diagnostic service exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto. Do it yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome to would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won! Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! <laughs> I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your High Five moment today? Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs> Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their hand-cooked test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be 
Petros Papadagas at the old PAM 570 LA Sports. Wildly successful Petros and Money Show. He is in the house with us right now. Petros, I'm actually curious on this. Were you watching when Anthony Davis hit his three to give the Lakers a 2-0 series lead, or were you potentially watching the football game that was going on at the same time? Well, I was in a TV studio, and you know what that's like. Okay. So, uh, yes. we, we, we saw all of it, and uh, people are certainly excited about it, but it seemed like in L.A. today, more people were excited of just about seeing the Death Star, and uh, yesterday, I mean, last night, and uh, everybody wanted to see what was going on with the Raiders as they are kind of Los Angeles' de facto football team, but uh, the, the Lakers thing is, uh, is a big deal. It's, it's probably going to become a bigger deal, but at the same time, it's not here, and the biggest star, I keep telling you every time, that uh, we talk about this, the biggest star in NBA basketball in L.A. is Staples Center. And who is there and the scene around that downtown area when the Lakers are doing this well? And frankly, we haven't seen that in about 10 years in town, and we haven't seen it this year either. So there's certainly something missing. And anybody that tries to act like there's not – is is fooling themselves but there are people excited and uh i did happen to see it live i i kind of was offended by the anthony davis is a laker now uh tweets because uh, frankly he was a laker last summer when they traded for him and there's been a lot of guys who have been lakers some have had great success some have not had as much success some are forgotten and some will be remembered forever but the the in the moment rhetoric of rooting in in our sports world is always you know me clay a little annoying uh yeah there's no doubt that it can be a little bit annoying almost as annoying as the pac-12 ridiculousness and i know (laughs) you've been fired up about this for a while now but as you sort of look around now we know the big Ten's coming back there's talk the mountain west is going to come back even the mac is talking about coming back And it seems like based on the most recent storylines that there's probably a very good chance that the Pac-12 will be playing maybe by Halloween, although who the heck knows at this point. How would you assess the overall status of the Pac-12 right now, particularly because there was a story out yesterday afternoon that said Pac-12 officials gave themselves, uh, I don't know if you even saw this, gave themselves bonuses before they furloughed or laid off half of all the Pac-12 employees. I mean, this conference has uh, has not looked good throughout this entire process. And you can criticize the Big Ten, right? I mean, people can criticize the Big Ten. But at least the Big Ten players, the fans, uh, the athletic directors, the coaches, they all fought as hard as they could for, this, for the, 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 the league to actually play. The Pac-12 kind of just meekly accepted the fact that they weren't going to be able to play. And there was a... There's a guy in Oregon who writes at the Oregonian and and works uh, on the radio. He's like the voice of Oregon, John Canzano. And he's been saying this for years. That's the thing about this, Clay. 
What's the status of the Pac-12, you ask me? I have to ask you, in regards to what? Because it's not really about the pandemic. The pandemic just pulled more of a sheet off of it and showed you how meek, which is a great word to describe them, they really are, and how much they need the Big Ten just to walk across an open field. It's amazing. And given that they're the West Coast and they brag about the West Coast's innovativeness, uh, and all the different things that they have at their fingertips in the San Francisco Bay Area, at the Silicon Valley and all that. They, they've made no inroads, uh, even though they said they have the best testing and doctors. They didn't make any announcements about it till long after everybody else did. So, But the problem really is it's not the pandemic. It's, it's a decade ago. The one thing the Big Ten does, even though it's been a dumpster fire for the last couple months, is serve its schools. Rutgers makes a buttload of money being in the Big Ten with Ohio State. The one thing the Pac-12 Pac doesn't do is serve its schools. It, it does a terrible job of that, and that's been a decade-long problem. And we know the two reasons, I always tell you. USC is terrible, and they don't pull their weight as the flagship, and the TV deal is even worse to where after a decade there's a $100 million gap between the Oregon states of the world and the Mississippi states of the world. So this is just further, further proof of that. The thing that bothers me the most, Clay, and you understand this as a guy who has to put out content every day, not just on the radio and TV, but the website, which, uh, which takes up a lot of your time, I know. And there is so much wasted space and in inches of writing about this testing and that and the Pac-12 and Kate, uh, Clay Helton was working behind the scenes and blah, blah, blah. All of that is complete BS. There's only one reason the Pac-12 is playing or trying to play or moving towards playing, and that is because everybody else is playing. And they are being pressured into it. It has nothing to do with any of the rhetoric that comes out. Well, now we have it. No, you have no clarity that you didn't have six weeks ago. And it's just very, it's sad, but it's also indicative of West Coast football, especially for the last decade, which is a day late and a buck short. So if you are, let's pretend, I mean, you were a Pac-12 athlete at one point in time. One of the questions that I get asked frequently by people is, hey, what do you think as you go forward in this universe of recruiting and everything else? Would you think differently about going to a Pac-12 school compared to an ACC or an SEC or a Big 12 school? And I raise that as an issue because kids today are less geographically constrained than they might have been when you and I were growing up and certainly when our dads were growing up. And the reason why I bring that up is I think it's because they're able to stay in touch with friends a lot easier. So you don't maybe, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I wouldn't think you necessarily get as homesick as you did before because you can FaceTime with your friends wherever you are. You never feel like you're that far physically away because of the contact. But do you think this has a lasting impact or do you think in two years, most people, assuming we you know, have gotten through the coronavirus and everything else, this is a story, but kids have short memories and it's not actually going to impact decisions. It's a great question, and obviously I can't answer it. But the football world, as you know, covering football season by season, you know, the, the previous year begets the next year, you know, like the Bible. So everything works off of uh, the, you know, year to year. The, the interruption is a huge unknown. 
Now, there's always going to be that guy in Los Angeles that is a great player who was never going to go anywhere else but USC. And to a lesser degree, there's that guy in, in the, the city of Seattle from time to time. But that's kind of been my message to you from the get-go in this. It's, about, it's, it's not about what's right or wrong. It's not about any of that. Well, who's to say? What it's about is leverage for the future. And football is about keeping up regionally. And God knows if that's the case, we're way behind already. But the message being sent is, these places around the country take football more seriously than where you live. All the great football players, many of them, are in Southern California right here. It's the most fertile recruiting ground in the in the world, year in and year out, along with uh, dear Texas's and Florida. But everybody knows about California players. It's it's not a secret. And if you're in Oklahoma, if you're in Clemson, if you're in Alabama, you're telling everybody in the football world and in Ohio State and all that, we are more serious about playing football than the places in than where you're from. And it's a pretty clear message and it's kind of hard to argue. And that's the other thing about this. You know, all of these coaches to a man, they're all vagabonds. And the guys talking about science in Arizona and Arizona State or Oregon or whatever, they'd be they'd be saying, "Well, we just can't wait to play if they were in any, you know, if they were at Wake Forest right now." They just yeah. it's just regional rhetoric. So all of it is is it's uh, it's so obvious to me and so damn tiresome uh, of what we have to go through to get where we're supposed to get. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, regional rhetoric, by the way, would be an incredible name for a college football podcast because basically all we do is sit around and argue about uh, oftentimes teams from a regional basis. Yeah. It's the last great bastion of of regionalism. Um, speaking and that's of, the beauty uh, of our sport. I'm glad that's you right. said it like that because that's the beauty. But it's also what's holding us back in this unprecedented time. I'm sorry that I said it uh, that I, I I hate all the commercials with the slow piano and the people on the Zoom. <laughs> I can't. I, if I see another one of those, I'm going to kick a hole in my Westinghouse TV. But the the point is, uh, I I just uh, in in these times, which are uh, very very odd, uh, you're right to say that. You know, I mean, we love college football because it's so haphazard. Because Stanford and Ole Miss have nothing in common, and and they could play in a, a really fun game like that's what we love about the sport, that regionalism and the personality of the coaches and the place and the history of the school. Now, in that cauldron is a lot of problematic stuff, but I don't think we should forget that as we're sitting here tearing our sport apart every single week. Uh, all of this incongruity is, is kind of what we like about the sport, from yelling about the BCS to how many teams should be in the college football playoffs. Yeah, it is. Uh, that is interesting to uh, to think about as well. Um, speaking of uh, of interesting, so what do you think ultimately ends up happening? Like the Pac-12 comes back October 31st, and I know they haven't been in the playoff very often. But one of the challenges that both the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to face is, given the fact that the playoff committee, the College Football Playoff Selection Committee, is making their decisions on December 20th, they aren't creating any leeway at all for themselves in the event that they have issues on a school or they have to cancel or they have to reschedule. Yeah. And, and so you could end up with a school like USC playing you know, four or five games as opposed to seven or eight. Same thing could happen to Ohio State through no fault of their own. 
how does this thing play itself out? Because the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 are going to have a bunch of weeks built in where things don't have to go perfect. It seems to me like the Pac-12 and the Big 10 have painted themselves into a corner where basically everything has to go perfect for their teams to be able to play in the playoff. And there's no doubt about it. Hence the sense of urgency to try to get back and play once all these other conferences watched in horror while college football started to be played across the country week in and week out. I mean, that's why we are where we are. It has nothing to do with uh, mitochondriitis or testing or antigen or any of the stuff that they're writing about. I don't know what the testing protocol is in the Sun Belt. It's probably just they grab your balls and you cough. But either way, (laughs) I mean, they're playing. Uh, but none of this is happening in a vacuum, Clay. I mean, the, the ESPN has a deal with the Pac-12, who has a deal with the Big Ten, who has a deal with the college football playoff, who has a deal with the SEC, who has a deal with the ACC, and, and so on and so forth, and the, and the Big 12, if I didn't mention it. So everybody's going to get married, and we'll all scream and yell about whose uh, resume is is correct in, in an even more haphazard year. But that's how it's going to play out You're, the, the, because no one was going to wait for the Pac-12, so they got to get off their ass and play some games and fulfill their promise to these kids. And it's kind of sad because all of this could have been done weeks ago, but because people are too scared on the West Coast to step up and take the slings and arrows, my radio partner said it quite well, you know, why didn't Clay Helton say anything? He was too scared to say anything and be attacked on Twitter, you know, on the West Coast. Instead, they, they hid behind their players and had their players write a letter, which is so yeah, and also and shameful. But that's what a lot of these coaches are scared of the political backlash here. I don't think there's any doubt. And also, Clay Helton isn't exactly on super solid ground in, as a Pac-12 coach. Maybe Pete Carroll could have been more outspoken if this had happened in, let's say, 2005 and USC was the straw that stirred the drink in college football. Maybe he would have been able to be outspoken like Ryan Day and Ohio State were, although I still think you probably would have had some sort of cultural shenanigans going on where there's a difference between the average person who's paying attention to what goes on in L.A. that's different than Columbus, Ohio or Birmingham, Alabama or places where college football is in many ways the heartbeat of a region. Um, well, that's okay, what speaking be crazy about this too clay it's like uh, just real quick about the state stuff and like well they can't the state won't even allow them look uh, giant hollywood studios have had an exemption since march all kinds of people have a government lobby and get exemptions for all kinds of crap you're going to tell me you can't exempt stanford cal sc ucla fresno state davis and san diego state which is somehow they're yeah, I was going to say somehow they're managing to keep uh, in L.A. I mean, I'm I'm assuming that the uh, the Rams and the uh, and the Chargers are practicing somewhere in the vicinity of California. Not to mention the 49ers, and they're getting exemptions to be able to play. So yeah, they're not in L.A. County. Of, they would right, be. But I mean, they 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 probably would have them. But it is funny. The Rams are up in Ventura County, and the Chargers are down in Orange County. I mean, didn't the Lakers get an exemption a long time ago to start being able to use their facility yeah, in Warner Brothers Studios has had an exemption since March. 
It's you know yeah. Disney has an exemption. These places are gigantic uh, business parks. Uh, uh, all kinds of businesses have lobbies and extensions within the government, which is why you know this should have been happening behind the scenes if Larry Scott had any influence with anybody months ago with the governors and the, But he has no clout. He's not a leader, and that's why we are where we are for the last ten years. And the worst part about it is we've seen how bad it is for ten years. You hear stories about Larry Scott and the Pac-12 taking bonuses and furloughing everybody or paying uh, billions of dollars in rent and all this crap, and still no one acts. No one does anything. University presidents don't do anything. The ADs don't do anything. We just sit here and wait for it to solve itself like a bunch of idiots in an insane asylum. How would, uh, by the way, how would you assess the uh, overall L.A. sports market right now with the Rams looking really good? They're 2-0. and uh, I'm going to get to a quick question about Justin Herbert here in a minute and everything that was said by Anthony uh, Lynn about his decision on who was going to be the starter in the next game. Uh, but you've got this beautiful stadium that is open that nobody's allowed to be in. You've got the Lakers who are right now in the middle of a Western Conference run where they haven't been in since 2010, I think. I mean, it's been a while since the Lakers were there. Uh, ten years. You certainly have, yeah, ten years. You have the Dodgers who are going after their first World Series title since 1988, and I think it's going to sneak up on a lot of people. But the the baseball's regular season doesn't have that many games left, and then boom, we're going to be into a crazy postseason. Yeah, what about all the guys that tried on. to cancel baseball like uh, two months ago? What? Yeah, yeah they, they've lost that battle. <laughs> yeah, they lost uh, that battle, and not only is baseball going to be playing, but we're going to have a bigger, I think, 16 teams in the Major League Baseball postseason, more than we've ever seen before. Yeah, the Dodgers are starting to shake people loose, and they have. They're, they're the best team in baseball right now, and a lot of people are excited about that. We talked about the bubble and all that, and, and that's popping off. And really the biggest story in L.A. and the most watched game, believe it or not, and I was shocked when I saw it, and I rarely talk about ratings, but this one was pretty telling, was Justin Herbert was that this kid ended up starting the game. No one knew he was going to start. It was a surprise. And they were hanging with and beating the, the world champs at, the, at SoFi. And everybody kind of tuned in for that. And that was pretty interesting that that became the story of the day. L.A. loves a shiny new toy. Uh, they do indeed. Um, what did you think about the What did you think about Justin Herbert, who I know you watch play quite a bit at Oregon, I thought he was pretty phenomenal in his first start, especially given he didn't have a lot of lead-up to the fact that he was going to be playing. Went out, I thought, was fairly dominant and uh, made one bad decision, and now Anthony Lynn is like, oh, there's no way he's going to start in week three. That surprised me that he's going to stick with Tyrod Taylor. What do you think, and uh, how would you assess his performance based on what you would have expected given all the games you watched him play at Oregon? Well, he definitely stretched the field a lot more than Tyron yeah. Taylor did in the first game. I mean, he's got a cannon. Up. Yeah. But, you know, it's one thing to have a cannon. It's another thing to stand up and throw it in your first NFL yeah. football game. You know, and, and that's what he – he looked like the player I saw in college. And that's one of the great compliments you can pay a guy. You know, I, I'd say the same thing about Joe Burrow when I saw him uh, last yes. week it, and, and then the next week. Uh I, I was really impressed with him. He's got a big, beautiful body like Cam Newton. He knows how to use it in the run game. He's athletic. He's nimble. And he's not scared to stand up and throw it down the field. He's Like you said, he made a bad decision. They're going to have a lot of ups and downs with him. But 
whatever coach says, and he came on the show yesterday and talked about it, but, and coach is a pretty straightforward guy and he cares about tenure and, and saying the right things and sending the right message to the guys on the team that are veterans. But overall, this is their first round pick, their top 10 guy. This is the anointed future of the Chargers franchise here in LA, at least for the time being, uh, unless you're going to pull a Josh Rosen. And it certainly doesn't look like that's the case right now after the small sample size we have. And uh, eventually this kid's got to be the starter. I'm surprised that he was first out of the tunnel. I mean, other than Burrow after uh, I thought Tula would be the first guy out, but you think about how the Chargers just the the way they were offensively in Cincinnati and the receivers they they were open and the Ty, Tyrod was having a hard time finding them then he had a hard time breathing before the game and they took him to the hospital and all these weird circumstances and Justin Herbert just looked like and I'm sure he'll have setbacks and all that but he looked he looked like the guy that people talked about he could be in the NFL they protected him very well with the run game and obviously there's no one in the state and all those weird different variables this year, but also no preseason, and it's hard to tell about a quarterback until he's in and out of the huddle and the clock's running and he's directing traffic out there and improvising when the bullets are live. And like you said, I was really impressed. Appreciate the time. Petros Papadakis, uh, we will talk to you next week. Enjoy all the games in the meantime. By the time we come back, we'll probably have uh, baseball basically set for the postseason. We'll see whether the Dodgers can be on a run, uh, and we'll talk to you again. Appreciate it, my man. Just happy I didn't get bumped for like a Supreme Court guy or anything. <laughs> That's Petros Pavadegas at the old P on Twitter. Uh, when we come back, we'll break down the final uh, t- thoughts on Monday Night Football. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Come on, you know it. Oh, 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 O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. Don't ignore your check engine light. Ask for O'Reilly Veriscan today, a free diagnostic service exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto. Do it yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won! Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! <laughs> I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your High Five moment today? Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their hand-cooked test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be I want to tell you, as uh, as we finish off NFL Week 2, I ran through this to start off the program, but if you missed it, I like to do top five, bottom five on this show to let you know how I would assess the overall landscape of the NFL. My five best teams right now in order, the Ravens, the Packers, the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Cardinals. My five worst teams, the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Giants, the Jets. Anything, Dub, that stands out to you there and you think, oh, you're wildly off there? Well, I think I understand that Kansas City didn't look all that impressive on Sunday, but... Yep. I'm judging them only based on this year, not based on what we expected to see. It's kind of what I do with my top 10. And by the way, I'm excited to start back up my writing on college football with the SEC roaring back, uh, where I give you my, uh, my top 10 every single week. And what I try to do is judge only based on the games we've seen. So if you were judging based on the games that you've seen with Patrick Mahomes so far, you would say, oh, there's no way he's going to be bad at all. There's no way that the Chiefs are going to be anything other than one of the five best teams. But if you watch them play against the Chargers, I don't think there's any way to argue that they've been one of the best teams, one of the five best teams so far in the NFL this year. That's a fair point, and uh, you know I, I might have to agree with you on that. I do like Seattle being in the top five. If you remember last year, I was a bit of a Seahawks hater, disbeliever. But yes. the way that I mean, but the way they've opened up the playbook so far, and maybe they have to because Pete Carroll knows maybe that his defense isn't Not quite up to speed. So maybe that's part of that reason. But that offense, I mean, it looks literally unstoppable. Uh, but one team, I kind of jotted down a quick five. One team I slid into number five was the team that the Seahawks beat on Sunday night in the Patriots. Patriots still good. I thought they even though looked they're pretty one fantastic, one. even at one Yeah, and you're one. an Auburn fan. I don't know if we talked about this a lot. I mean, I don't think Cam could look any better than he looked in his first two weeks for the Patriots. And what's amazing to that about, about that to me is usually the Patriots kind of slink their way right into the season. They're not that good in September. They're just okay in October. And then by the time it gets to be November and December, the Patriots are rounding into great form, which I think is a credit to Bill Belichick and the staff that he has put together there. But already, to me, the Patriots look really good with Cam. In fact, you can make an argument that their performance on Sunday night against the Seahawks was better than any performance that we saw from Tom Brady in that offense all last year. Yeah, I was thinking to myself watching that game on Sunday night, if Tom Brady is quarterbacking this team trying to keep up with the Seahawks offense, I just couldn't see a way that they would be in that game. But Cam Newton, i got to be honest with you, 
that was probably the sharpest I've ever seen him, minus that one interception he threw where he kind of got lazy with his feet and his shoulders. Minus that throw, I've never seen Cam Newton throw the ball like that ever. I mean, he threw it 44 times, completed 30 of them, almost 400 yards passing, ran for two touchdowns for a second straight week, and had the Patriots poised on the final play of the game before he got somersaulted to do uh, to do what we thought he was going to do, which is run the football in and find a way to score. Uh, so top five, bottom five, one last time here. Ravens, Packers, Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals. Number one, the Ravens. Two, the Packers. Three, the Seahawks. Four, the Rams. Five, the Cardinals. I'm a big believer that the NFC West has looked incredible so far. Uh, bottom five, Bengals, Dolphins, Eagles, Giants, Jets. Kind of difficult right now to figure out where the bottom five teams are. And frankly, it's going to be difficult to figure out who the top five are as well. Uh, we appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Believe it or not, only one week left in the Major League Baseball season. We'll be talking about the playoffs starting in Major League Baseball soon. We got the NBA going on. The Lakers trying to close out the Nuggets effectively. I know the Nuggets have come back from two 3-1 series deficits. But tonight, the Lakers trying to make it 3-0 and effectively, I believe, punch their ticket to the NBA Finals. The Lakers are a prohibitive favorite to win the NBA title this year and much more still coming. This is an absolute sporting buffet. So much to enjoy. Thank you for spending part of your time with us. Download the podcast. Don't miss a second. Thanks to Jason Whitlock. Thanks to Petros Papadakis. This has been Outkick on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. engine light on take the guesswork out of your check engine light with o'reilly veriscan it's free and provides a report with solutions based on over 650 million vehicle scans verified by ASE certified master technicians and if you need help we can recommend a shop for you ask for o'reilly veriscan today oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top ten for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.